Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And good Sunday evening. My name is Howie Silbiger. Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So happy to be here with you. I know you are happy to be here with me, and I know together we're going to have a great show. That I know for sure. Sheldon Eric Freed is going to be joining me in just a couple of minutes, and I have to tell you the first thing on my mind is um, is that horrible disaster that happened in Israel on uh, on Friday. It is uh, it is it is an unbelievable disaster. There were um, there were two people from Montreal who were killed in that. Uh, well, well, the media is calling it a stampede. It wasn't really a stampede. A stampede implies that uh, there was an intentional, uh, intentional desire to run in a certain direction, and then trample people. That's not what happened. It was an accident. It was a, uh, it was an overcrowding of uh, of, a, of a limited spaced uh, area, and it was an accident. I don't think anybody intentionally tried to kill anybody. So calling it a stampede is a really a misdemeanor, and it's a it's it's a it's a misnomer. Sorry, not a misdemeanor. It should be. It's a misnomer, and and it's really wrong of the media to 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 be depicting this as an intentional event that killed people. It wasn't intentional. Now uh, I spoke to some people today who um, who are close to the families of the Montrealers that were killed in this uh, in this horrific event in Israel, and. Um, and and the details of uh, of what happened to these people is just too horrific to to repeat. It's absolutely horrific. Um, I'll just let you, I'll just tell you one thing that I heard. I mean, it's just one of the many things that were told to me today. Uh, the bodies of the people who were killed in this uh, in this um, in this horrific accident were so mangled. And so destroyed that their families couldn't identify them. They had to be identified by DNA. That's how bad it was. So my heart goes out to the families of the people who uh, who were killed. My heart, uh, my heart goes out to the to the to all Jews because we are all connected. We're all brothers and sisters. And when one Jew dies, everybody feels it. So forty-five souls were taken. And uh, my heart and uh, my heart goes out to all those people. May may they be spared any further sorrow. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show, right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Uh, I'm going to be inviting. I'm going to be joining uh, Sheldon Freed into the conversation in in just about a minute. Uh, I want to I want to say that you know thank God. We are uh, we are now an hour and a half. We've been given an hour and a half of life back. You see, the government has stolen our lives, and now they're returning an hour and a half of it to us. It is so kind of them. They've pushed the curfew in Montreal to nine thirty p.m. from eight o'clock. So now I've 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 actually I've actually aged. I'm no longer thirteen years old. Now I'm fifteen years old. So it's good to know that I've I've aged up. Uh, from 13 to 15, and my curfew is now 9.30. I'm very happy to be 15 years old again. Uh, 
It's been a long time. And it's been even been longer for Sheldon Eric Freed. Hi, Sheldon. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time since you've been 15, hasn't it, Sheldon? <laughs> I never looked at it that way, but yes. <laughs> I mean, not now we've aged up. We're, we're 15. Maybe. I have a less of a curfew from my parents than I do for the government. <laughs> maybe, maybe soon, Sheldon. Maybe soon. We'll, we'll hit 20, Sheldon. Maybe we'll be 20 years old soon. <laughs> it's amazing how we so much wanted to feel young again. And I really didn't take this into consideration. The government wants us to feel young again. I mean, That's the thing. It's very nice the of the government- Legault government to try, to try to make us feel like teenagers. It's amazing. Look, <laughs> last time I had to be home for 930, I was 15 years old. <laughs> Now I know how Cinderella felt when she had to be home by midnight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she was what? She was 13 or 14 years old in that story. And exactly. she got to stay out later than we get to stay out, Sheldon. <laughs> so you tell me, how, how does this work? I don't understand. Uh, that makes two of us. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> it was like, I mean, honestly, yeah, you see, that's why I was just saying off air to you. I was just saying, so tell me, Howie, how does it feel to get that extra hour and a half curfew back? It, it, it feels amazing. I, I Look. Look, you know, when you're a kid, you always want to get older, right? When you're old, you always want to be younger. When you're a kid, you always want to be older. Absolutely. So, so I've been 13 <laughs> years old for a few weeks already, and now I'm so happy that I've, I've aged up to 15. And now soon, soon, Sheldon, I'm, I'm convinced that soon I'll be legal. I'll be able to drive, and then I'll be even more legal. I'll be able to drink and gamble, Sheldon. I'm getting oh there. Oh, my God. I'm Howie, getting I there, Sheldon. you would be in it. I can't I'm believe it. I'm getting there. I can't believe it. Really, I just can't believe it. I'm telling you, celebrate. I mean, we have to we have to celebrate now. We're gonna get to summer and we still have to be in before the sun sets at nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. I am um, I, I feel so I feel so good. Oh the tears I'm on so my eyes, excited. Howie. <laughs> <laughs> can't you see can't you see the seriousness in both of us? Uh. Not. You know, you get to a point, Sheldon, where being serious doesn't make sense anymore, right? It does explain the reason why we both have gray hair. Yeah, yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> the, the government's doing things for us. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe, maybe it's the government distress of having to be home for 930. You know, and it's also amazing, too, that the government always never has the money to pay teachers infrastructure social programs and everything why would they come on you know as i was seeing in the news today but they always have the money to enforce the french language and put millions of extra dollars in the budget for 10 to 15 percent of the quebecers that are utterly linguistic racist that they have the money for but when teachers that have to teach these students to be good citizens to get into different professions and make this world a better place for health care workers that have been in day in and day out that were that were caring for the ill as they always do but now with the pandemic they even had to care more their resources were strapped to the max yeah, uh, operating rooms closed, concept, Sheldon, but they but they always have the money to enforce the French language. I don't understand the concept of linguistic racist. Language isn't a race. How, how could it be? How could you be a racist when it comes to language? Well, you know, it always seems that the government because well, there's a there's a couple things. Racist acts because when a city like Montreal, which is the largest city in the province of Quebec, for people that are not from here. Yeah. Uh, when they did not elect the present government that's in power now, the government decides to take it out of Montreal. Furthermore, Bill 101 is directed solely for the people of Montreal. That's a, quote, cosmopolitan city, 
according to the different mayors that have led the municipal elections that have become mayors of this wonderful city that we live in. And and, And that's why the government has decided that English, they want to crush English language rights. Okay. It's a it's a totalitarian authoritarian government that okay. imposes curfews still on all not, of the citizens English French still not racism Sheldon well I call it racism because you know what they're taking they're almost taking English the English people as either a religion or as a skin color or a creed because that's their intention yeah that's why I call linguistic racism. That's why that's why I specified linguistic racism, because they're racist language, on anybody that is not. Race, Sheldon. But also, also just a, just a, a, another interesting thing, when we were uh, what was it? Uh, pure Anglophones that were born and brought up and went to English language schools, we apparently have some rights. Believe it or not. Okay, I, Go believe, I believe we have rights, but uh, I don't. I don't believe it's racism. Racism well, has a specific definition, and that definition is judging somebody based on the color of their skin. Well, they're judging people now, by the language they speak. But that's not racism. Well, because uh, many people from many different skin colors could speak English, right? Yes, but the thing is, they, if they go by, by the English, no matter what skin color you are or what religious background you are, they're still they're still being very pre. All right, do you want to call it prejudice? Let's call it prejudice. Hey, prejudice makes a little more sense than racism. So let's so let's call it pre, uh, let's call it pre, uh, prejudice. Okay. But they are prejudiced against people that are not pure land French French uh, French Quebecers. All right, that I could live with uh, because racism is. It's a tough you, word, and when we misuse words, Sheldon, we, we dilute the meaning of those words, and I, I don't like doing that. Okay, fair enough. So I'll say prejudice. So let me, uh, let me change that um, to uh, being totally prejudiced against anyone that is, that is non-Francophone. Okay, so we, we know that the Quebec government now wants to pass a new legislation to uh, toughen up uh, Bill 101 which is the Quebec language laws, which... Uh, and one of the things they want to do is they want to prohibit English language on any commercial sign. This is, uh, this is one of the things they want to do. Uh, I think it's personally... Personally, I think it's crazy. Uh, I don't see a reason uh, why anybody would, 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 would want to do this. It seems kind of ludicrous that uh, somebody could have a business and, they, and there's legislation saying that, you know, you could, you could only have certain languages on your sign. seems stupid to me. Uh, business is business, and uh, and language is language. And you know, you know what? You know what really never made any sense to me in this whole language debate uh, from the first time I got exposed to it. What's that? Um, look, there's there's a lot of immigrants that come to uh, to Canada, and uh, I I I know a lot of people who are immigrants who come to Canada, and their culture is very important to them. So I know a lot of Italians who grew up in Montreal, and they speak Italian. They speak fluent Italian. I know a lot of um, I know a lot of um, uh, Jews who grew up in in Montreal. And they speak Yiddish or they speak Hebrew. I, I know a lot of um, I know I know a lot of Greeks who grew up in Montreal and they speak Greek uh, because the language and the culture of those uh, of those of those people who came to Montreal uh, were, was strong and they believed in their their culture and they believed in passing their culture off to their children and so um, and so they taught their children their language because it was important to them. Uh, I don't understand why French has to be legislated. Why the language, if the language is so important to people, as they claim it is, 
Why is it not being taught to the children by the parents like Greek is, like Italian is, like uh, Yiddish is, like Hebrew is, and, and so many other languages, uh, Punjabi? I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of languages out there that kids speak, Armenian, a uh, whole lot of languages out there that kids speak because their parents taught it to them. They were born here in Canada. They were born in Montreal, and they speak these languages. They're bilingual and trilingual and quadrilingual because they speak the languages of their ancestors because their parents felt it was important to teach them. So why can't the same thing apply to the French language and Quebecers who say, okay, French is very important to us, so we're going to make sure we teach our children French. So, so why would it be dying? Why, why would they think that the French language is dying if it's so important? They should be teaching it to their kids, shouldn't they? That's what, that's what I think also. And also um, have, uh, have courses to encourage French as rather than discourage English. There's ways of doing there, there's ways of doing both things, because the French language was never threatened. This is a city that's seventy to eighty percent francophone. Only certain pocketed areas like the West and the Montreal, the West Island, where I live, where you live, um, are predominantly English speaking. And for them to say that the French language was threatened is utter nonsense. The city was thriving going back in the right up to the early 1970s. We had World's Fair fairs here. We had the World's Fair here. We had um, the city was a boomtown. All head offices moved to moved to the, uh, moved here, and now a lot of head offices are moving out. Now recently, Amazon just opened up uh, an office in well they opened up an office in Montreal but they they're open they were opening up uh, not uh, Amazon pardon me Netflix was opening up a an office in Toronto a big uh, Canadian headquarters in Toronto not Montreal because they don't want to open up shop here if I was at, if I had all the money in the world I would never open up a business in 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 Quebec I would never own property here and if I if I had the means and opportunity to do it, I would move out of Montreal. And I and the thing about Montreal is I love the character of the city. It's a beautiful city. Um, the city has so many wonderful festivals, which makes us forget all about politics and everything what's been going on. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic, uh, it, you know the festivals are very hard to come. Although I'm hearing rumors about the jazz festival coming in September, just for laughs a possibility. But the F1, the Grand Prix, the Canadian uh, Grand Prix has already been canceled for yeah, this year. Although a two-year contract has been extended, they'll be back next year. Yeah, yeah, and but the thing is, these festivals amount to a lot of money in in the city of Montreal. Furthermore, you're going to get tourists that have come in by car. Do you honestly think that most of the tourists that come in are going to understand strictly French language signs? There have been accidents because the the signs were not pictorial or not bilingual. There have been accidents because people just frankly don't understand the language, the language of the signs. It, there's been fatal accidents or and as well as near fatal accidents because people didn't understand the signs there was no pictogram at all it was all words so the thing is make pictograms if you don't want to if you don't want to worry about language make obvious pictograms uh so everybody can understand it no matter where they're coming from um i i can understand the airports being bilingual once you get out of trudeau international airport all the signages are in french who knows who Sancheville is uh you and i know what Sancheville is but the average person that comes in, that's not from here. I'll be honest with they you, don't... Sheldon. The, um, 
the signage of Montreal on roads anyway is uh, is, is is atrocious. Yeah, well, uh, not to mention also our roads too are atrocious. Yeah, but the signage uh, especially is atrocious. Yeah. You try to get around the Montreal by following oh, signage, forget it. It's not happening. Yeah, it, it, it's terrible. I, I, I know my, my dad, may rest in peace, was telling me, always make about five or six different uh, different uh, tour uh, detours or something like that, or alternate routes rather, uh, because uh, chances are the first and second room is, uh, route is going to be all screwed up with traffic. Yeah. And you're talking about an island, and you're talking about so much construction in the city, and there's so many businesses that are going under right now. Do we really need language inspectors going into already businesses that are practically at the brink of bankruptcy and going in and tell and 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 going in because of a stupid anonymous complaint by a bunch of ignorant thugs uneducated thugs to go in and have nothing else better to do with their lives but to say oh there's a business that you know they have a, a, a french anyway but oh there's a sign in english let's get rid of the signs do you, you remember the the restaurant bonanote that was on crescent street they were in the news yeah. all over because uh, because of yeah. their sign pasta gate and you you know and this made the province look so bad yeah, well, and, that was a couple of years ago, though. Yeah, but I but I remember it went viral. All these things went viral. It hit the Tonight Show. It hit all these different shows. All the American media, everywhere around the world. This is an embarrassment. And I always said, you know what? The city of Montreal should separate and be its own city, state like Washington D.C. is. Otherwise, they're going to wind up simply Howie as being another Detroit, Michigan. Now I know that many people that are listening to us may not know much about Montreal, they don't live in Montreal, but the people do live in Montreal and, and the people that live in North America, they know where Detroit is and they know the situation with the city of Detroit and I've been in that city a few times and walking in that city is a very dangerous, you're taking your life in your hands walking in downtown Detroit. I'm not and sure Montreal's city, going to turn into Detroit. Well, that far. It's, it, it's, well, the thing is, if it's going on the state of uh, bankruptcy and the thing is, a lot of professional positions, especially tied into the public service, like teachers and doctors and everything, they're going to move somewhere else. I mean, look, you have a lot of these universities that go in and recruit anyway, but especially they, they took advantage of Bill 101 and they came into Montreal and they said, we could give you a better life, better salary and no Bill 101, no language thing. And you'll be able to have a career and make a lot more money. So people are recruiting from the states, from other parts of Canada, and 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 professionals have been fleeing because they can't stand the politics here. Like you know, for people that are not francophone, there's no future here. There is absolutely no future in this city because because of what this government has done. I recently this, had the opportunity to leave the city. And to start over somewhere else. And I chose to stay here. And I chose to stay here not because uh, I, I think that there's a future for English people in Montreal. I chose to stay here because I love the city. I really love Montreal. Montreal's a I love the city, city too. And I've you know, when I take, when I take for, a look at... For 20 at, at, odd years, I've chosen to stay here because I love the city. Yeah. I mean, it has a beautiful flair to it. I mean, it has a beautiful skyline. You got Mount Royal in the background, yeah. and you got and you know, like in the summer, everybody's in great moods. And, and we go into the festival. We go to the old port of Montreal. We go to old Montreal. There's so many things to 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 see and do in the city. The city's fairly clean uh, as compared to uh, some of the U.S. Uh, some of the other U.S. cities. The city has a relatively low crime rate here. There's a lot of attractive things about the city, 
But, I mean, you take a look at all the governments, like the municipal government, the federal government, like the thing was, uh, the, Quebec wanted to extend Bill 101 into federally regulated buildings. And federally regulated buildings has their own labor codes and old labor standards, and usually, especially um, businesses that are, let's say, shipping, uh, any kind of modes of transportation, broadcasting, uh, have the right uh, have the right uh, to communicate in either official language and or both. And there were there was a time where one radio station I worked at, and I told you this off the air. A uh, person from the OQLF came into the building and was chased out because they said they their laws do not apply in a federally regulated building. Now you get both Trudeau and you get O'Toole from the Liberals and Conservatives, respectively. Trudeau is so-called concerned about the French language and O'Toole saying he welcomes extending Bill 101. So, like... They're, they, our own politicians on the federal level have abandoned us. They're too scared. All these politicians are too scared to stand up for equal rights, yet they say that um, un, under the Canadian Constitution, we have a guaranteed to be able to, to have services in English and French. Well, that's not the term here. Furthermore, Legault is going to use the notwithstanding clause. How many times has the Quebec government used that notwithstanding clause, which was not designed to do something like that? to purposely undermine the Canadian Constitution by uh, by disputing its rights, its very merits where the Canadian Constitution were based at, then taking that situation and saying, no, we don't believe about uh, full bilingualism in Quebec. We want French language only. We want Bill 101. Now, what is the matter with this picture? So, Sheldon, when are you running for politics? Running for politics, as you and I have hey, both you discussed... Want to change- you want to change things, Sheldon, and you're upset about things, then that's the only way to do it. Well, would you run for politics? No. I, and and I wouldn't run for politics, too, for the same reason you won't run for politics. But but that's the only way to change things, Sheldon. If well, you really feel strongly about changing the world and changing the way things are done, then the only way to do that is to run for politics. Is to Well, also, to, another to thing we difference. could do is uh, we reflect this when we go to the polls. On the on uh, new politicians that are okay. That be honest, are, Sheldon. Is there anybody at all that you could vote for at the next election? Be honest. Uh, I've said this about three or four months ago. Absolutely not. I really don't know who I'm who I'm going to vote for. And for the first time, I'm at a loss because it doesn't make a difference who I vote for. It's going to be the same thing. Look, the uh, the in the provincially, the Liberals have said that they're in favor of everything that the uh, that the CAQ yeah. is doing. Yeah. So, so well, the, the, liberal, liberals the, liberals won't, the, the liberals won't even get in the next election because they're not strong enough. The PQ won't well, get into the next election. Well, if they get in, going to change, Sheldon. That's the thing. They said that they agree with most of the policies of the CAQ. So. Yeah, well, the and the thing is the liberals were always for Bill 101 because the late it. Premier Robert Barrasso was the first one that instituted Bill 101. Right. wasn't, so, uh, you know, contrary to what a lot of people thought it was the PQ, but no, it was the liberals. And before that, for the exception of the FLQ crisis in 19, October 1970, which you and I have lived through, there really has never been any major language issues. We'd go into a business, English, French, the, some of the buildings would be in English only. Nobody would say or do anything. Now the government has put it in people's heads that now we have to have a watchdog, and now we have to have uh, uh, people that do anonymous complaints to go into businesses. I mean, I mean. Let's face it. If I if I was in a business and somebody was going to come in and speak French, I would speak French to them. Of course, it's 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 out of respect. It's normal. The government doesn't need to tell me 
that I have to put everything in French and I have to speak to everybody in French. I would speak to people in French if they spoke to me in French. Yeah, I agree. And and if they would speak to me in English, I would speak I would speak to them in English. I get that. I mean, that's what that it's called respect down the line. So that's fine. I get that. I don't need somebody legislating a language bill shoving French down our throats. I don't see any other province that, you know, what's the preventive? There's no other province that has a bill 101 or, you know, the equivalent thereof that are telling businesses that are bilingual, especially in eastern Ontario or or provinces that border Quebec or the United States that border Quebec uh, for the United States to, to, to put by, you know, if they want to put bilingual things in Plattsburgh, they do it. They're not mandated to do it. They do it. If some businesses want to do it, fine. But the uh, New York state government is not telling people you have to do it in English only. The province of Ontario is not saying that you have to do it in English only or any other province that any other province in Canada. uh, I've always said that bilingualism should be guaranteed charter of rights and freedoms throughout Canada, period. We should be fully bilingual. We should have the courses necessary deemed yester, uh, necessary for everybody to learn the next official language without prejudice and without any type of uh, of a problem. But this government, just like the curfew, just like anything else, and go- uh, governments before, doesn't care. Doesn't care about anybody else. I mean, when, when the COVID first came out, all the flyers were in French only. Our recycling bin in the building I live in, which is 80 to percent or 90 percent predominantly English was completely full nobody wanted to read it nobody Hmm. so what does that tell you if they would have put in both official languages English on one side French on the other perfect I would have read it whatever but then they tell you have to go on a website what happens to people elderly people that are not tech savvy and don't have a computer what are they supposed to do it's a good question so so this is you know this is why I'm so angry that this government is uh, has all the money to spend because of 10 or 15 percent. Again, it's the actions of a few that the rest of us, English and French and allophones alike, are all getting punished. one 877 is the number to call. That's one 877 I'm Howie Silberger. He's Sheldon Eric Freed. This is the Howie Silberger Show. Right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We'd love to talk to you. Love for you to get involved in the conversation. Feel free to call in. 1-877-669-1292. And you know what? I'll even pay for the call. So give me a call. 1-877-669-1292. Sheldon, isn't that kind of me that I'll pay for the call? You are a kind soul. That's why you're such a great colleague of mine. So altruistic. It's unbelievable. And we're 15 years old. And we turned 15 today. So wish us a happy birthday. Give us a yeah. call. Wish us a happy birthday. We get to go to bed at 930. No, no, no. Not go to bed at oh, 930. We have to be we home have to at 930. We have to be home at 930. So so it, so we're 15 outside, but inside we're our respective ages. Oh, that's too bad. Because I, I was <laughs> You can't find the card inside your apartment. Because I was 13 year old. I was 13 years old last week when um when when I was had to be home for eight o'clock. So I mean <laughs> 9.30 is such a treat. I'm telling you, I love the government. I Don't you just love the government? I, I, I wanted to invite Francois Legault onto the show just to thank him. Not to ask him any questions, just to say thank you, Pierre Legault. Pierre Legault, not Pierre, Pierre. 
Father okay. Legault, thank you so much for 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 granting us an extension uh, for for our for our bedtime curfew. That now we could stay up past now we could stay up past eight o'clock until nine thirty. It, it, it just it I, just, just so it hits you right here, right, buddy? I know, I know. You know my, it hits you right here. It just it I know. Just warms my heart, eh? It's really, it's really. It, it warms the cockles <laughs> of my heart. Really, the cockles <laughs> of my heart. Uh, they're so warm and fuzzy. It's it's just warm. And it, um, it's just amazing. And you know, you know, maybe next week, maybe next week, Monsieur Legault will 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 feel that we were warrant that we that we're worthy. Of staying up till ten o'clock, Shelton. We feel the warmth. We feel the warmth, pal. We feel the warmth. I'm telling you, I... and you know, and you know, the truth is, though, Shelton. Uh, putting all kidding aside, the truth is that um, that COVID. Don't you talk radio? That COVID knows, Shelton. That's right. That COVID knows when it's eight o'clock, and COVID knows when it's nine thirty. You know, COVID... they have a birthday cake that goes with them. Really? It follows them everywhere. Wow. You know, I was outside. I was outside just last week, Shelton, and it you was were? seven. 7.50 in the evening, Sheldon. You were! And I was standing on the porch of my house, and I'm looking out at the street, and there is COVID standing on the street. He's standing on the sidewalk. He's not bothering anyone. He's not bothering anyone. He's just standing there, Sheldon. And he's watching his watch, because the second that that clock turned eight, Sheldon, he was going to pounce on someone. Like a mugger in Manhattan, he was going to get his target, Sheldon. And COVID is not there. COVID stood there and he waited, Sheldon, and he waited. And I watched him wait. And I said, COVID, go away. You're not welcome on my street. And you know what COVID told me, Sheldon? You watched and wait. You know what COVID told me, Sheldon? COVID told me that it's at 8 o'clock. The streets belong to him. Move over, Jerry Falwell. We have another. (laughs) Belong to him. COVID owns the streets after 8 o'clock. And now COVID is upset. So be careful. Be careful after after 9.30, Sheldon. Be careful, because COVID is upset. It's upset that you stole an hour and a half from him. You took the streets away from him for an hour and a half. Terrible, I know. It's just awful. He is devastated. Don't go in my apartment. He is really, really upset, Sheldon. So you got to be careful. You just got to be careful. After 9.30, close your windows. Close your windows. I have, to call, I have to call Loomis. I need I need security guards here. I need armor patrol. You gotta close your windows. Close your air conditioner because you don't want the air coming in from outside. Lock your minute. doors yeah. very tight. Because yeah, after nine o'clock, COVID knows and he's coming to get you, Sheldon. He's coming to get you. They're coming to take me away. Ha <laughs> ha <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the truth, man. That is the truth. We know it's You're- the truth. People here on True Talk Radio, you see the first two evangelical Jew, Jews talking about <laughs> COVID nineteen. Oh my God! The second, I love being on with you. You know that nine thirty, Sheldon. <laughs> COVID knows. Oh my and God! And he's coming for you, buddy. He's coming for you. I know. I'm, I'm just looking around right now. So how do you save yourself from COVID at nine thirty, Sheldon? What do you do to get away from COVID at nine thirty? Hide under the bed. Hide under the bed. Close yourself. Lock yourself in a closet. Yes. You know, get into the shower. Run the hot water and run it hot, Sheldon. And just oh, stand there and run the hot water. Just to make sure that everything, all the viruses are away, whatever the case is. Well, you know, you got to sterilize yourself the same way you sterilize 
medical equipment, Sheldon, don't because forget to COVID put the hair dryer up the nose, people. Don't forget to put the hair dryer up the nose COVID to destroy knows. those things. All these conspiracy theorists. Don't yeah. forget to do that because it'll destroy. That's right. It'll destroy. Yeah, it'll the destroy virus. your nose hair. That's what it'll destroy. It'll destroy everything else too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I was really concerned about too on a, a totally uh, different issue: the AstraZeneca vaccine that's been coming in. It's uh, been about one point. I think it's over a million doses of AstraZeneca that's come into the country. Yeah. And uh, there's already been three confirmed. There was one fatality in uh, locally. And there were two other people that got sick from them, but they were treated. So, Sheldon, does um, this concern you? I, I mean, why? Why does it concern you? Well, I'm, I'm more concerned. Well, I got the I got the Pfizer vaccine. No, no, but, the but, 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 but question is, why would that concern you? They've given out well, they've given out almost ten million doses of of of, of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Well, well, you know what? Wait, concerns? Wait, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. They've given out almost ten million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Mm-hmm. And there's maybe a dozen people around the world who have been affected by it. So in 10 million doses, maybe a dozen people? Why would that concern yeah, you? you I'm a, concerned. You have a higher risk of getting hit by a train and not being anywhere near a train track than you do of having a complication from the AstraZeneca vaccine. Yeah, it's not the vaccine that I'm concerned about, Howie. It's the media, how they spun it. Oh, of course. That concerns me. It's not the vaccine because, like you said, it's uh, first of all, the benefits outweigh the risks. Always. And uh, and the thing is, like you said, the, there's very li- there's very few people that got infected. I mean, obviously, I'm very sorry for the for the person who's passed away uh, due to uh, blood clot issues or whatever the yeah, case but you're is. Talking about like uh, you're talking about maybe a dozen people, maybe a dozen to twenty people around the world uh, after giving yeah. a ten million vaccines. We're talking about uh, twelve people, even twenty, yeah. people, even fifty, even a hundred people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I. I mean, I, I care. I care about them. I certainly don't want anybody getting hurt or anybody dying from. Well, yeah, yeah, from, exactly. From the well, that's the way. But, yeah, but exactly. statistically, it's irrelevant. But I, I, but I'm just concerned of how the media once again blows up for those ten or twelve but people or the hundred people. They do that for a lot of things, show. And 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 they and they blow it up to such proportions. I mean, I've seen it on all local media here, and I'm wondering. It's, Sheldon, that's uh, what sells. That's what sells. Uh, well, I know that was. See, that's the that's the issue. And but you that's know always what? the they're issue, not, Sheldon. Listen, they're not helping the situation either. Um, remember, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you remember this. In the eighties, in the early eighties, there was a case of a uh, of a of a kid in Iowa. He was a uh, newspaper delivery boy, and he went out at five o'clock in the morning to deliver his newspapers. He picked up the papers. He put them onto his wagon. And he walked to the corner to deliver his papers, and he disappeared. He vanished. And he was gone, and he, they never found him. He just vanished. His papers were on the corner. His wagon was on the corner. Even his dog was there because he took his dog out with him to go, uh, to go deliver newspapers. The dog was there. The papers were there. And the, uh, the wagon was there. The kid was gone. And that prompted newspapers across North America to, uh, to stop um, hiring young boys to go and deliver their newspaper, young kids to go and deliver their newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, was that fair to teenagers? This was a lot of teenagers' first jobs was to go and deliver newspapers and have newspaper route. Was that fair to teenagers? Probably not. Um, and was the freakout normal? Was it was it was it a justifiable freakout? No, it was one kid in Iowa. And if you think about uh, all the newspapers in North America in the uh, in the early eighties, you probably had a million newspapers across North America and millions and millions of kids delivering these newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so one kid in a million got got taken, but the media made such a big deal out of it, 
and, and mm-hmm. scared so mm-hmm. many people that the um, that the newspaper said it's not worth the risk, right? But what was the risk really? What was really the risk? It was always the same risk. You send a bunch of kids out into the street to go and deliver something. You always have the risk of somebody grabbing one. Okay, that's 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 always the risk. But it's a and you never found risk. out anything about the, the the kid at all or anything, eh? Well, the story the story got a little weird. Um, the mother was strange. She was she was uh, pressuring the police to go and find her son, and okay. um, and then one day she went to the uh, police officer investigating the case like twenty years later. And she told the cop that her son had come to visit her in the middle of the night, and he told her that he was part of a cult of some sort or part of the mafia. Oh, and, boy. And they were going oh, to kill him. And um, and she Oof. was sure it was her son. And um, anyway, it was it was just such a weird story. And I mean, uh, but but, but oh, my God. that wasn't the point that was that was what that wasn't the point I was making here. And point, probably went to the media too to put pressure on the media no, of to course. to. But the yeah, point, that, the point that's I'm making the is also. that the media made such a big deal out of one kid disappearing in Iowa, in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, that um, that newspapers across North America, every newspaper across North America stopped hiring kids to deliver their newspapers. Wow. So you destroyed an entire industry because of one kid, right? Mm. So this is the exact same thing with AstraZeneca. I was talking to somebody who got their, um, who got their vaccine today. And they were telling me that everybody was telling him, don't get the AstraZeneca. If they give me AstraZeneca, walk out. Don't take the AstraZeneca vaccine. And the person asked, why not? What is wrong with the AstraZeneca vaccine? People get blood clots. How many people have gotten blood clots from the AstraZeneca vaccine? Five. Five people. Ten million vaccines. Five people had blood clots. Is that mm-hmm. even a statistical? It doesn't even make a blip in statistics? No. No, 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 no. If I made a pie chart and put the stat the statistics in a pie chart, would you even see the sliver? You wouldn't even see the you wouldn't even see the color. It's a crumb. It's a crumb. It's 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 nothing. No. I mean, it's something for the family of the people who died, but it's really nothing statistically, and nothing that anybody should be afraid of. And who knows what other problems these people had before they took this vaccine? Well, and, that's a, that's a thing that they did not mention either. No, they never mentioned that. So what if the person so, was a hemo, uh, not a hemophiliac? What if they had uh, blood clotting problems beforehand? What if they mm-hmm. had uh, predeposition for blood clotting? Maybe what if the what if they had other underlying conditions that caused blood clotting, or uh, or some kind of disease that caused blood clotting? We don't know, and we don't know because they intentionally don't tell us these things. You know, I love when they give out the numbers for COVID. You know, positivity numbers are you know ten thousand people tested positive in the last week. Okay. How many people tested positive? They never tell you these numbers. How many people tested positive and were fine after testing positive? That there were no there were no issues. They just had a slight cold or a slight feeling of the flu. It lasted two, three days. Then they were good. How many people did that? The vast majority of them. But they won't tell you that, right? Because the numbers that they quote, the government and the media, the numbers that they quote are designed to scare the population so that the population will follow the will be obedient with the orders that they um, that they bark out at us right so we never hear about people recovering from uh, from covid we never hear statistics of people who get covid who get a slight cold they tested positive get a slight cold and they move on we never hear those numbers we never hear the numbers of uh, of any of this stuff all we hear is oh you know 3000 people tested positive and that means nothing. How many of them got sick? How many of them died? How many of them? 
How many of them got sick and got better? How many of them went to intern? Mm-hmm. You, we don't hear those numbers, you know? And, and you know what? And that's, you know what's some, that's been the problem since the beginning of COVID. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They really scared us big time when they, when it first happened. Absolutely. But also, and I remember they're continuing when pe- to do that, Sheldon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, uh, but they, it wasn't like they just started it yesterday. They've been, they, but they, they started it since day one. Yeah. And they started it since day one. They, they didn't start last changed. week, two weeks, two months yeah. ago. They started it when it when it first happened. Right. So yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and another thing too, uh, the snowbirds are coming back, and uh, there was a there was a lot of uh, outcry. Again, this is what I saw in the media: uh, people coming back and they're able to walk across the border or uh, get into these. Um, the services whereby they help transport, like transport services. And when people went to the States, what they would do is they would fly from uh, Montreal St. Hubert Airport to Plattsburgh, New York. Sheldon, nearly every single person who is in Florida has been vaccinated. Yeah. Florida has nearly a 100% vaccination uh, statistic. Well, I spoke to somebody, actually, one of the administrators in the building, and she said that... uh, uh, she, she already got the first vaccine way ahead, and then the the second second time she was on the way back to Montreal, she could have gotten vaccinated within about three months ago or four months ago. Yeah, and she's still waiting to get the second vaccine here. Most of the snowbirds well, who were in in Florida for the entire summer uh, were va- fully vaccinated. If they're the fully vaccinated, they're not a danger of spreading COVID or of getting COVID. So the whole idea of vaccinated people having to wear masks, vaccinated people having to socially distance, vaccinated people having to, uh, to, to not live their lives the way they should be living their lives is all just a scare tactic from the government. The vaccine has to have some value. If it doesn't have value, there's no point in, in taking the vaccine. So yeah. you can't have it both ways. So either Absolutely. the vaccine works and, uh, and people who get vaccinated get to go back to normal life or the vaccine doesn't work and we stop giving it to people because it's pointless. So it's one or the other. You can't have both. So mm-hmm. you can't tell me on one hand, vaccinated people could still carry the variants, vaccinated people could still do this, could still do that, could still spread it. They might not get it. They could still spread it. And then tell me that, you know, when the majority of people in the province get vaccinated, we're going to start opening everything up. Well, which one is it? <laughs> it can't be both. You, you, can't, you can't be good and bad. Right, yeah. so it's good or it's bad. It can't be good and bad. It's there's no such thing as good and bad, right? Yeah. It's it's two separate words, and Absolutely. so um, and and so so this is part of the scare tactics. It really is, you know. When um, when the government official, when uh, Joe Biden got up last week and he gave his uh, his State of the Union address or uh, or whatever they called it, uh, where he spoke to joint uh, sessions of Congress, um. Everybody, you know, they, 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 they only filled a quarter of the room and everybody was wearing double masks and he was wearing a mask. Everybody was wearing a mask. But everybody in the room, everybody in Congress, everybody in, uh, in the Senate has been vaccinated twice. They, they've gotten both vaccines. So why wasn't the room full? Why wasn't everybody out of a mask? And why weren't they running the, uh, the, the joint session as if they would have run any joint session in the past? Mm-hmm. That would have been a good indication to the people, to the population, that this thing is just about over. If you get the vaccine, and we can go back to normal life. Look, we got the vaccine, we're back in normal life, but what the message you're sending, and the message they sent that night, is that, hey, we took the vaccine, we got double vaccinated, and life is still not normal. Yeah. That leads people to question, well, if they're not going back to normal, and they've been vaccinated twice, they've been vaccinated for months already, because the politicians got it first, 
So they've been vaccinated for months already. If they're not going back to normal life, then why the hell should I go get the vaccine? And, um, and, and trust me, I've spoken to Americans who make that argument right now all the time. They're, they're making that argument. If the government's not going back to normal life and they're not taking their masks off and they've been vaccinated for months, then why the heck should I go and get some foreign agent put into my body? And who knows what? Uh, who knows what it is? If it doesn't work, why am I taking it? Yeah, people it's a, it's are great uh, people are making other people chasing our tails. It's it's it's, uh, it's it gets to the point that it's putting a lot of panic, and people don't know what to believe, and people don't know what's true and what's not true. We, and you well, know what? You put it very very well. Either either the vaccine works and we get on with our lives, or vaccines don't work, and then we stop giving the vaccines. Exactly, and it's the same thing. Like certain countries are now going to have uh, so-called vaccination certificates, so people want to travel and have the vaccine, they'll be able to travel right but you got to send a clear message governments have to send clear messages yeah and that's the problem the governments are not sending clear messages and the messages are muddled and when the messages are muddled people get scared they get scared of the message and they don't go and they don't do what they have to be doing and who do people turn to to try to get all the information the media thank you and And the media is playing with an agenda because the media loves playing god so they love having the power yeah, all about this, all about ratings, all about money. Really, it really is all about money. Yeah. Amazing. Un- unbelievable, eh? And so who ends up suffering at the end? The population ends up suffering at the end, Sheldon. We yeah. all end up suffering at the end. I mean, it's no wonder people are depressed. I mean, I speak to people all the time, and people are saying, you know, love to go out, whatever the case is, and, and go out for a nice walk in the evening and look at the stars, look at the moon, uh uh, go downtown, have a meal out, go out for a drink, go out and get together with friends, go to their house, watch a watch a sporting event or something like that, li- go to concerts, whatever. And it's like nothing. It's uh, I mean, I look out my window literally at 8.01. It's a frick. I mean, I live in a very quiet neighborhood, but... I could I could even just look out or just go around the corner, just be like a ten to eight, and one of the main streets that I live near, which I'm which is I'm facing the back and I don't hear the traffic. It's like a ghost town. You could walk you could walk in the middle of the street and there won't be a single car there at eight oh one. Yeah, but starting starting tomorrow, Sheldon, it could be at nine thirty one. Nine thirty, yeah, yeah, nine thirty. All your party animals out there, absolutely, yeah. Starting tomorrow, Sheldon. Yeah, yeah. Because starting on Sunday would have made too much sense. Starting on Monday makes much more sense. (laughs) Yeah, go figure. You know, it would have been nice to start, let's say, on a start on a like to start on a weekend because people usually like to go out on a weekend and more people are home on the weekend. So wouldn't it be smart? But no, they have to start on Monday. And so I, uh, you know, so this is the this the issue I have with this whole thing. Is that the message has been so muddled and people have been so confused by the message that you have people who are not getting vaccinated because they don't trust it, because the government doesn't trust it. So we have to start showing, I mean, as government officials have to start showing that they have some trust in the system. If they don't have trust in the system, how could we have trust in the system? We take our lead from them. And uh, this is this is the big issue, Sheldon. This is the big issue. And uh, the second issue we're going to come up with, I mean, after after the government decrees that we go back to normal and things could reopen, it should be in the next few weeks, by the way, that uh, things should start reopening. Uh, theoretically speaking, it should be in the next few weeks. Uh, once things start opening, how are we going to convince the people who have convinced themselves that everything outside is dangerous 
start going outside again? How are we going to change the uh, the attitude of the people who've been scared out of their out of their out of their minds, and are, are sitting with gloves and masks on inside their homes? How are we going to get them to take those gloves and masks off and go outside? How's that? How are we going to do that? And and there are more people like that than there are people like us, Sheldon. There's that's a very scary question. That's a very accurate question, but it's I'm very scared of how many people are in their homes wearing masks and gloves, which you can, and you know, as long as you're within your family bubble or if you're living by yourself, you don't have to worry. I mean, I can go out on my balcony and not have to worry about to take a mask. But if I go outside my apartment and I go to the washer, the dryer, the recycling, the garbage, I will put my mask on. Uh, that I that I will, because I, uh, ch- chances are I might bump into somebody uh, who knows if they got the vaccine or not. I don't know. But I will, I will wear a mask when I go outside my apartment. When I'm in the apartment, no, I'm not wearing, as you can see, I'm not wearing a mask now. I don't wear a mask inside my apartment. I can go out on my balcony because it's there's there's nobody that's right on top of me. So I have a lot of space between myself and a next-door neighbor, and we have a plexiglass too at the same time. So it's fine, but it's like it's... T- and let, but, as soon, but as soon as I go outside uh, the building... Um, I do walk with a mask because I never know if I'm going to bump into anybody. But I would I would love so much to be able to take the mask off and not having to worry or anything like that about anything. You do know that uh, your chances of getting COVID outside is much slimmer than getting is, it in, uh, in an enclosed area. It's yeah. almost minuscule. There is there is almost zero chance of getting COVID outside. I know. You know that. I know. So wearing a mask outside is kind of pointless. Well, I'm also because uh, I'm I'm also immune compromised too, so I'm also I'm watching myself too at the same okay, time. So you're trying to be a little more careful, but, but yeah, the that's reality what I am. is yeah. that wearing a mask outside is pointless. But it's, it doesn't but change it's, anything. It doesn't help anything. But who? But who knows? I'm, and I'm not even going on the act of the government about wearing. I mean, like I went, I took public transit when I had to go for a blood test at a hospital near me a few days ago. And I mean, I see the bus driver, the bus driver's enclosed in a plastic thing. Uh, the, the, and I see like the bus is like half empty. And I, I could see that people are looking around them. And this is really interesting to, to, to note. And I have, I very rarely use public transportation these days. But I noticed on the bus, I see as soon as somebody gets on, how people look around. They're, they're praying that this person who they don't know, a total stranger, a passenger just getting on the bus, they're scared of them sitting near them. They're scared. They don't know anything about this person. This per- it's not that the person's coughing or exhibiting any any kind of signs that you would think, but they're scared, Howie. They're scared. The people how do, how do and I saw this. How do you change that attitude? How do you That's change people's people's attitude when so they're So the scared? question what you're saying, I I saw this in public transit. And the, and the, and this is where all people are required to wear a mask on public transit. Right. And people are scared because they're worried that somebody that also is wearing a mask, that's going to sit beside them. It's ridiculous, but it's real. Uh, yeah, and I saw that. I saw that I saw that the other day when I went for my when I went for my blood test. I saw this and and I, I saw this and this I, I would never see this before. And I'm saying, my God, we're gonna it's almost like we're brainwashed in a cult. And then you came uh, and then you came and asked that question. And then I was just thinking about that now. The same thing as when I took a metro when I had to do um when I had to do a TV appearance on a uh, on a cable show, and I was going in a park and I took the metro and I was the only maybe four people in the entire 
a subway or metro car. So there was nobody sitting near me. And every time the door would go open, I would see people, even if they're not coming in and people are walking by, I would see the people in the, in the various cars looking around in fear because they're scared that they're going to go into their metro car. And the metro cars are big. I yeah. mean, and it wasn't like, so what does that tell you? And then I'm looking at this, and this is just public transportation. And this is another reason why people were scared to take public transportation, because people are too nervous. People are scared out of their mind, masks or no masks. People are scared. And, it and you just any, brought up an interesting question. It doesn't make any sense. It's not no. logical. No, exactly. How do, we, how do we reverse that? What do you do to reverse that? Well, it's like a cult. It takes it, it takes deep programming and, and for for people to get back to normal. Because let's say when everything gets back to normal, and people and most people are not wearing masks, it's going to take a, a long adjustment for many people that have been used to wearing masks over the past year or two years, afraid of their own shadow, to actually say to themselves, "Hey, I can go to a restaurant. I can go to a bar. I can go to a movie. I can go to a concert. I could sit beside somebody, and I could actually not having to worry about." looking over my shoulder how long that's going to take a long time to get in a way deprogrammed it's almost like you're in a cult and now you're trying to be deprogrammed and you're getting flat you, you so like it, it, the question you you raised is really 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 you know right bang on how do we uh, how do we solve i still don't know how we solve this problem Sheldon. it's it, i guess it's uh it's education and trust and who do you go to? I don't know. I guess your doctor, your your own medical professional could probably be able to, you know, that's non-government, uh, you know, will probably be able to, like, speak to your physician, speak to your own family doctor. Do your research. Don't go on media sites. Try to do research on independent sites, medical sites, as opposed to government websites that will try to scare the hell out of you or media companies. That's how you probably could do it. Pretty scary, if you ask me. It's very scary. Yeah, it's very scary. We're de- definitely, un- without a question, unprecedented times, without question. I know, we've, we've spoken about um, the suicide rate going up over uh, during COVID times. And we've spoken about, um, we've spoken about the poor young people who, who, get stuck into, um, who get stuck into this and have no idea what to do and how to, how to, get, out of, how to get out of this horrible situation of depression and, uh, and anxiety. So we, we've talked about all this, and um, and we still haven't, you know, been able to figure out how we could uh, solve the issue. Even once everything's finished, how do we solve this issue? It's it's just it's just mind-boggling. Uh, so we have to deprogram people. So do we use the media the way we use them to program people to deprogram people? Will the media be willing to do it? Can we coerce the media to do it? I mean, this is so many different questions that nobody's asking. By the way. Mm-hmm. By the way, you don't hear any politicians asking these questions. You don't hear anybody asking. You don't hear any media asking these questions because they're not good questions for media to ask. Because if media asked these questions, then uh, their gravy train would be over, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But these questions have to be asked because you have millions of people who are scared out of their minds. I see them every single day, Shelton. I, I'm telling you, I see them every single day. There's a couple that lives near me, and uh, they never leave their home. They haven't left their home in a year. Okay, everything oh boy. Is, everything's delivered in. When they sit on the porch of their home, they wear gloves, they wear hats, and they wear um, they wear they wear goggles over their eyes. Good and, heavens! And they wear masks. Okay. Oh this my is how god! They sit on their Oof. porch, just the two of them. They live together. 
and they sit on the porch wearing goggles, gloves, hats, and masks, okay? So what, somebody would ask, well, what does the goggles, gloves, hats, and masks have to do with COVID? Well, these were all recommendations over the last year of what to do to not get COVID, right? So at one point, we were told, put on hats because it could seep in through your head, apparently. Another point, we were told, wear goggles because it could come in through your eyes. Um, you remember all this, Sheldon? Yeah, 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 yeah. This was all there, right? And another point, we were told that, uh, that uh, you know, you have to wear masks and double masks and then... Um, so these people wear it all, right? They, they never took anything off. At the beginning of COVID, they told us that it could be passed on through touching things, so they wear gloves. What's next, a hazmat suit for them? Uh, but they sit there, Sheldon. These, this is the way these people are living. Jeez. Okay, And they're living together, and they're, they don't go out, and they're still wearing this stuff. So one has to wonder how many more people are like these people. And I'm oh, sure there's, there's a tons, lot. lots of them. And how many people have taken their own lives and uh, gone 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 totally insane? Yeah. Well, I, I would I would argue that anybody who dresses the way these people are dressing, uh, living alone, you know, living together alone, and sitting on their porch together has gone insane. I would argue anybody who wears a mask outside, double mask outside while exercising is insane. No, um, no, they tell you not to do that for I, sure. I, I will argue that anybody who forces a child. A young child to put a mask on is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'll make that argument because there's no science behind any of that stuff. There's no pol- It's all politics. There's no science. So if there's science behind something, I have no problem doing it. Right? But when there's no science and it's just politics, then I have issues with it. And I have issues yeah. with it because it hurts people. Not because I... I think that you know people shouldn't be following the um, shouldn't be following what you know what what the government recommends. Sure, follow what the government recommends. Doesn't bother me. But when there's no science behind it, it hurts people. Mm-hmm. When people go out and wear a double mask while running a hundred meter dash, um, they're they're basically choking themselves to death. I mean, they're 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 they're, they're depriving their body of oxygen. Mm-hmm. This medically cannot be good. There is zero chance of them catching COVID running a hundred meter dash outside, and yet they're 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 being forced to choke themselves. Right. So this is not a healthy situation, and somehow we have to figure out a way to dial it back, so that when we finally get to the end of the road, which should be in the next few weeks, God willing, after you know majority of the population gets vaccinated, there's no reason to keep these restrictions in or in, in place. The numbers are the numbers are plummeting. Even the fake numbers they're giving us are plummeting. So there's no reason to keep these numbers in, in, in to keep these regulations in place. So hopefully over the next couple of weeks we'll start seeing them drop off. Good. Uh, but how do you convince a population that you forced to wear masks and said if you don't wear a mask you're killing grandma? How do you convince them to take the masks off? How do you convince them to uh, okay? Let them keep washing their hands. I think washing your hands is a good thing. <laughs> well, we do we do it anyway. Anyway, I mean, I, yeah, I, but I think I think I think the majority of people. I mean, they had to put up signs telling people how to wash your hands. Uh, so yeah. um, I, I think there would be a vast majority of people who weren't washing their hands who are now washing their hands. So um, you know, that was one of the good things about COVID was that um, that that it taught people how to hygiene. It taught people how to clean themselves. Um, uh, there was no flu season this year because people were washing their hands and they were staying away from each other. That was a positive reaction of this COVID overreaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think it's time. Look, I, I, I will have no objections at all, by the way, 
if uh, when I walk into a supermarket, they tell me I have to wash my hands. No objections. I'll go wash my hands. I will never object to that. Even 10 years from now, after you know, COVID's long gone and forgotten, I will still wash my hands if they ask me to wash my hands going into a supermarket. Because mm-hmm. it's sanitary, and we're going to touch food, and we're going to touch food that other people might be touching. So, yeah, okay. That makes sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some of these like you know, protocols make sense to me. But wearing a mask for the rest of my life does not make sense to me. There's no science behind the mask to start with. And then wearing the mask after being vaccinated is just totally counter science. And that, that mm-hmm. doesn't work for me. So, you know, you got to balance it, right? And, you know, you got to bring people back to normalcy. People have to be able to realize that, um, that a, lot of the, a lot of the regulations we have to follow, a lot of the, um, a lot of the hype wasn't scientific. It had nothing to do with science. It was more politics than it was science. And mm-hmm. we have to realize that um, that at one point or another, we have to get rid of the politics. We have to say, okay, we understand it was political. Now it's time to move on with life. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I agree with you. That's all and, and, the th- and the thing is, uh, you know, I, I, and by doing this also, the economy will bounce back. If most people get vaccinated, the schools could reopen and we can start having our, the camps could open up for the summer and our lives can be back to normal. And that's what, that's what we all want. And we hope that now that the summer is coming and the weather's getting better at this part of the world, that we could actually go out and have fun again and not having to worry about looking at our watches because of a stupid damn curfew. Regardless of what time the curfew is, eight, nine thirty, whatever. Right. Okay, so um, I, I got a message off uh, YouTube. It says, "Well, there is something to say about the masks. It's not to protect you from anyone; it's to protect others from you. Everyone spits when they talk, when they cough, when they huff, etc." You're a hundred percent right. And there is something to say about masks, but there's no science that says that masks stop COVID from spreading. There's no science that says that mask stops you from getting COVID by wearing a mask. There is absolutely zero scientific studies that that concluded that. But aside from that, aside from that, once everyone's vaccinated and the the risk of spreading or receiving COVID is gone, doesn't exist anymore because everybody's vaccinated. So the the, the chances of you spreading COVID or getting COVID is down to uh, down to minuscule uh, levels. It's 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 less than a quarter of one percent. Uh, I don't think masks are are are, um, are necessary. Now, aside from that, aside from that, there have been studies, especially an Irish study, a recent Irish study, which looked at wearing masks outside and the chances of spreading COVID outside. And that Irish study concluded, conclusively concluded. You see, how, you see how you use that word, Sheldon? Conclusively concluded? Yeah, see, uh, see yeah. how you use that word, Howie. See? Uh, that our study conclusively concluded. You see, you're not supposed to use the same word twice in a sentence, Sheldon, but I did it. Okay. Um, now, that our study conclusively concluded. You say I did it three times in a row. That, um, that, three uh, times a charm, as they say, yes. That your chances of, uh, of, of passing COVID outside is minuscule, is less than minuscule. I think it was one in 100,000th. So one in 100,000 really is not something I'm going to worry about and not something anybody should really worry about. Plus, there's also going to be booster shots similar to what the flu shots are going to be for the variants. So we're going to have that for at least the next few years. And the government has secured a contract with with, uh, the leading uh, vaccine companies to provide booster shots for us uh, because of the different variants of the COVID-19. 
just like there would be the flu shot. Yep. So, one 1292 You can give me a call if you want. We, we could talk this out. One eight. And Howie will pay for the call, by the way. one 292 I'll pay for the call, I promise you. It's not going to cost you a penny. It'll okay. cost me a penny, but it won't cost you a penny. Yes. Rather, it costs me a penny than you a penny, right? As long as you conclusively conclude. That's right. You have to conclusively conclude that you could call in. Exactly. Yes. So, so I could conclusively conclude that you could call in. Okay. That's two. Yeah. Well, we could do this all night, children. <laughs> and, you've, and you've done it. <laughs> I have. I have. And I, I, I have no problems doing it. I could do it all night long. <laughs> Uh, that's the problem with being on the radio for so long, Shelton. Yes. That um, that 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 you since could do since 1999, stuff. as a matter of fact. Yes. Yeah, that you could do stuff and just continue doing it, right? Yes. And 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 it doesn't bother you, you know. And make us laugh in the process with well, you. Well, we try. I, I've actually been on the radio for, uh, longer than 1999. 1994 I, was my first radio show. Oh, but True Talk was founded in 1999. Uh, 2004. Oh, 2004. Okay. I started okay. working at CJD in 1999. Ah, okay. You and Prince, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so another message from YouTube. What would you say is the reason Quebec has 1,000 new cases today, all things said and considered? So why does Quebec have 1,000 new cases? Once again, we don't know the full story, right? So my question is, um, and this question has never been answered and never, never gets answered, how many of those 1,000 cases were asymptomatic people who tested positive? How many of those 1,000 cases were people who um, who didn't get seriously ill? I, I'd say the majority of them, right? Um, and why does uh, why does Quebec have 1,000 cases? You're always going to have cases. It's never going to go away. You're never going to be down to zero. You're never you're not down to zero. You have the flu shot. You're not down to zero flu cases. There's always going to be cases, and we're going to have to accept the fact that there's always going to be cases, and we're never going to have a zero sum balance. It's never going to go down to nothing. And so we have to understand that uh, if, um, if we have cases and they're not deadly cases and they're not putting people into the ICU, and uh, you're not going to tell me there's a thousand new ICU cases today because that's not true. So a thousand new positive cases, a thousand new positive results doesn't mean, doesn't equal extremely sick people, doesn't equal people in the ICU, doesn't equal people even going to the hospital. It equals a thousand people who tested positive for, um, for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you told me there were a thousand cases of people who were rushed to the hospital with severe respiratory illness and had to be put on ventilators, that would be a totally different ball game. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. And we have to understand that people will be people will be contracting COVID for forever. Now, it's never going to go away. There'll always be some cases. And the but as the on- years go by, too, there'll be more and more. Research done and more uh, yeah. more treatments and but the crazy, uh, more treatments available. The crazy laser focus on new cases is insane, Sheldon. The crazy mm-hmm. laser focus on new cases. A thousand cases today, fifteen hundred cases tomorrow, nine hundred cases yesterday. It's insane. This this laser focus on new cases is insane. Because well, there'll always be cases. In a lot in a lot worse shape than we are anyway. Yeah. And, and and even then, how many cases are in Ontario? Over three thousand today. Over okay. three thousand. How many people live in the in the province of Ontario? Uh, it's what is it? Eight, uh, eight, eight, uh, six million or seven million people? Eight million people? Okay, so could you? Work I out think the, we're five or six here in Quebec, and so I think Ontario out, is about eight million. Could you work out the percentage? 
We're good. The percentage of people who have who who tested positive. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a low percentage. Obviously, of an eight million population, you're only you get three thousand people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay, so um, three thousand people out of eight million. Uh, what would your odds be as, as an individual living in uh, in Ontario? And and eight thousand isn't isn't uh, three thousand. I'm sorry isn't only Toronto. 3,000 is across the entire province. Province, yeah, yeah. Right? So you could have 12 cases in Toronto, 10 cases in Toronto, a city of, what, 3 million people? Some, uh, yeah, about four, 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 5 million people, yeah. 5 yeah. million people? So yeah. You could have 12 cases out of 5 million people. What's the percentage of that? Yeah, no, no, I know what you're saying. So, and so, also, it depends on how, se- and what's the percentage of very serious cases of COVID? Right. Versus, now, like the, you said, like a cold or... Out of the 12 people that have it in Toronto, let's say, hypothetically speaking, out of the 3,000 people in Ontario, let's say 12 of them are in Toronto, or, or 20 of them, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Out of those people, how many of them are severely ill? Yeah, that's the thing you have to look at, too. So you take that... And they, they don't, and they don't tell you that, either. Of course they so. don't, because then the scare tactic doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a matter of uh, it's a matter of let's scare the population so they follow our stupid COVID regulations which make no logical sense whatsoever, or or don't right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's telling me, "Wow, Ontario has three thousand cases, three thousand cases a day," and I say, "Yeah, okay, eight million people, three thousand cases. It's a lot." But if they're spread out over the entire province, it really doesn't amount to much. I mean, I think you probably have more cases of the flu during flu season than you do of COVID today on, on an average day during the flu season if you mm-hmm. spread it out across the entire province. Nobody's counting that. How many people were diagnosed with cancer today? How many people were diagnosed with, uh, with other diseases? Mm-hmm. What makes this one so special? That, that, that requires us to lock down an entire province and close the borders. It's contagious, so is the flu. So is the common cold. It kills people, so does the flu. So does the common cold. So does hepatitis, so does herpes. All contagious. Mm-hmm. So give me a break. I, I don't fall for the scare tactics because I have a brain and I know how to think. And I know how to think because, uh, be, you know, and I know how to think and I know how to look at numbers and say, one second, it doesn't add up. When you have 8 million people in 3,000 cases, it's a huge, pers- it's, 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 it's a substantial number of people. But when you spread it out over a province, the largest province in Canada, you're not talking very many people in very many places. It's not very concentrated. Mm-hmm. If it's not very concentrated, what are the chances of me catching it if I lived in Toronto? Zero. Let's be honest. And if we see that the uh, cases are all congregated in old age homes, they're all congregated in schools, they're all congregated somewhere else, then why don't we just laser focus on those, those specific areas of population where, these, where the disease is concentrated mm-hmm. and deal with that? Why punish everybody else? So these are the questions I have. Nobody's been able to answer them, Sheldon. Nope. And they're not for a long time anyway. So until no, when this whole thing is forgotten with and but yeah, I could see I, I, I could see the scare tactics that they've been using and they've been using ever since from day one. 
And uh, it's going to take, it's because of these scare tactics that you have your friends that live near you that are on their balcony dressed like almost in hazmat suits. Right. People are pe- uh, petrified, uh, increase in suicides and mental, uh, mental issues. And uh, we, we have to change the focus of things getting back to normal and soon. I agree. So, you know, the way to do that is to stop focusing on the, uh, stop laser focusing on the amount of cases per day. That, that is, uh, that's, they, they're meaningless. The numbers are meaningless. So you have to stop focusing on the numbers. If you want to focus on numbers, focus on how many people were hospitalized today. If the number is zero, then we're doing well. Focus on how many people are in the ICU today. If the number is going down in the ICU, then we're doing well. Mm-hmm. Because people Welcome. will get COVID and they'll, they'll test positive. And if nothing happens and they don't end up in the hospital, they end up in the ICU, then who cares? Well, even like you said, the, the, the data, whether or not, the, no matter how it's spun, it's still it's going down. And uh, Quebec has inoculated about 70 percent. Is, is, what is it? 70, 80 percent now of the population for the first dose? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, Quebec is very far ahead of most other provinces now in terms of people getting the first dose and now when it get people get the second dose. And like all being well, like you said, hopefully in the summer, right in the heart of the summer, people will start being able to go out again and start being more like themselves and to breathe in the fresh air and really, really enjoy being outside and having the air fill their lungs you know, and people finally saying, thank God this is over once I and for all. I saw something really funny and, well, it wasn't funny, it was kind of scary in the French papers this weekend. Um, one of the French papers had a, um, had, um, had a um, I guess, must be a doctor from, um, from one of these uh, study groups that are studying COVID. Mm-hmm. And she came on and she said, she said quite simply, she said, listen, I know originally we said we need 70% of the population to be vaccinated in order for us to go back to some sort of normal life, right? But now I think it has to be more like 80 or 90%. Since we're reaching the 70% mark, now I think we, maybe we should look at 80 or 90%. Mm-hmm. One second. Why are, we, why are we moving the goalpost? Why, why are we changing the story? If 70% was considered herd immunity, whatever that means, uh, if 70 or 80% was considered herd immunity, why are we pushing the goalpost even farther? Why at 70% are we not going back to normal life? Because they want to scare more people into getting the vaccinations to make sure that there's, that's exactly what they're doing. Of course. So everybody has to be punished. So until 100% or 99.99% are vaccinated, if it's going to be 80%, they're going to say, let's do it 90%. Let's do it 95%. But then again, Sheldon, we are are a year and a half into a three-week lockdown, right? So... Exactly. I mean, I, I, I only hope that we'll be able to turn 18 on our 18th birthday. Well, you know, it's coming up, Sheldon. Eventually, we'll be 18. Yep, yep. And we'll be able to stay up till 11 o'clock, Sheldon. 11 o'clock. Yeah, I got, I got a birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so, maybe let's then, see what's going to happen then. Maybe then, you'll be able to stay up till 11 o'clock, Sheldon. My goodness. Oh, my God. Papa, oh, oh, my God. Papa Legault will give you a, will give you a birthday present. Yeah, Fleur de Lis cake. <laughs> That's exactly what he's going to give me. Bonjour, hi. He'll scratch out the hi. Just put bonjour, oh, Mr. Lico. Bon anniversaire. That would be amazing. I'll, I'll send you that. You can post it up as a background on True Talk Radio. Oh, I love bonjour, the idea. Bonjour, hi, Mr. Fried. I love the idea, Mr. Fried. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> that would be so special, though. 
Oh yeah, Fleur de la Sienne. I mean, uh, then you could go and you could um, <laughs> you could celebrate the mighty King Bourbon, you know, King Louis the <laughs> Fourteenth of the great Bourbon family, where the Fleur de la Sienne. Or I might get from. the Bonhomme Cal- Carnival uh, image. Well, that's where it, that's where it came from, right? With King yeah, Louis the yeah, Fourteenth. Yeah. Um, you know, Bourbon Street in New Orleans is named after the Bourbon family. Yeah. The New Orleans Saints. What what's what's their what's their um symbol? It's the fleur de lis, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Because uh, you know, France controlled New Orleans during mm-hmm. the times of New France. Yep. But I'm not gonna get into a history class here because that would be totally pointless. Yes. Yeah. Totally pointless. But that's exactly but that's where it comes from. Okay. The mighty So Bon anniversaire coming up in Kenzon. Okay. Yeah, so so Sheldon Sheldon, who is supposed to be turning uh, like ninety-seven, is actually uh, going to be so turning. Much. Is actually going to be turning sixteen. Yes. And uh, and he'll get his license. Yes. And uh, Francois Legault will send him a uh, a birthday cake. Mm-hmm. And say congratulations, Mister Fried. Félicitations. And uh, and Mister Fried will be able to stay up, or stay out, until ten o'clock. He'll give him sure. another half hour. Yeah. Sheldon, I'm jealous. Jusqu'à 22 I'm jealous, Sheldon, because my birthday's not for another four months. So I'm, I'm uh, I see. But you never know. Maybe in four months, everything will be gone. You think? Well, who knows? Well, I hope so. I hope so, because I have a big plans for July. So I'm really yes. hoping that um, that by July, we'll be able to, um, to, to carry out the big plans. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon, before we go, I have to tell you that uh, we signed a, a new show onto True Talk Radio again. Another new show. Excellent. Yep. So we have Dino Manzoni. He was supposed to start last week. Uh, there was a uh, there was a problem that he that that, that that we had to resolve. So he wasn't able to start last week, but he's going to start this week. Um, we hope. Thursday plan, sidebar seven the, seven to uh, sorry eight to nine. Yeah, the plan is for him to start on Thursday this week from eight to nine p.m. Yeah. Uh, David Solomon does a um, does a uh, a rant does a political rant. Uh, it's a rant show. It's called Political Rant. It's on um, the David. It's on the um, the rantnetwork.com, I guess this rant network. Maybe it's just a Facebook group. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he'll be joining True Talk Radio with his rant, and we'll be airing that during the Montreal block, uh, starting uh, starting this week on True Talk Radio. Sheldon's show will be moving. Uh, Monday, I think you'll be on a regular time, Sheldon, but uh, sometime in the middle of the week, we're going to be moving you. And you'll be moving to, uh, do you remember what time you were moving to? I don't remember what time it was. 9 to 11. From 9 to 11, which is uh, which yeah. is a great time slot, Sheldon. 9 to 11, he'll be sandwiched in between uh, Dino Mazzoni and uh, Political Hitman. Inside the vault on 9 to 11 on Thursday. Yeah. Which, which is a great place to be, to be, to be, to be sandwiched. To be, to be, to be, to, to be, be sandwiched. Sound like Woody Woodpecker. To be, to be, to be, to be, no, to be. No, that would be um, that that wouldn't be Woody Woodpecker. That would be Porky Pig. Yeah, exactly. To be, to be, to be. That's all, folks. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, so we're looking forward to that. If you host a show, uh, and you are based in Montreal, and you host a show about Montreal or a Montreal show, we would love to have you on True Talk Radio. Feel free to contact me, Howie, at truetalkradio.com, and we can talk about putting your show on the air. We're specifically looking right now for a sports show. Uh, I'd love to have a, I'd love to have a sports show. So um, I'd really like for somebody who's doing a sports show or who wants to do a sports show 
to get in touch with me, someone who's really into sports. That would be great. She really wants to be sporty enough to do a sports show. Yeah, but it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. It would be great. And of course, we invite you, we ask you, and we implore you to support independent radio in Montreal. We are trying to uh, to build a Montreal um, talent-run radio station. Um, it costs money. The thing that costs money isn't so much, you know, building the station. Station's already here. True Talk Radio already exists. Take a look. It's right here, right? I'm here. Um, what we are asking you to, to donate for is uh, the expansion of True Talk Radio. So we need a bigger studio. We need, uh, we need to hire somebody to, um, to, to be able to op and to, 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 to control the technical aspects of all these shows. And, um, and that's really what we need the money for. So uh, we're not looking to make a profit. We're just looking to cover the costs. It's expensive, so we're looking to help you know defray some of the costs of creating this station. We're not going to charge you for any of the content. We will never charge you for any of the content. But um, but we'd like to produce the content. We'd like to produce it professionally, much like this show. I know Sheldon's head was kind of disappearing and reappearing on the show, on the video version of the show. That's that's um that's part of a uh, technology uh, green screen technology happens like that sometimes. They say technology is good only when it works. That's true. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll fix that for next show. I mean, that's an easy fix. But um, but I really like, I would really like to uh, to get this, this station off the ground. And the only way we could do that is with some monetary support from you. Mm-hmm. So uh, we ask, we ask, we implore you to go to GoFundMe and to, to donate a couple of dollars. Every penny counts. So if you could only donate, to, you know, a dollar or two dollars or five dollars, whatever, every penny counts. And uh, and we are looking to, um, you know, we have to build studios, uh, big bigger studios than what we have. And we 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 just need uh, a little bit of help. So that's what we're asking for. Uh, and of course, we want to be able to pay some of the some of the some of the artists that come in and uh, and do work. Nobody has to work for free. So that that's our that's our plan. So if you could help us out, we would appreciate it. If you want to uh, help us out, you want a tax receipt, you want to help us out by sponsoring a show or by advertising on True Talk Radio, contact me. That's available too. We'll take it any way we could get it. Just try to help us out. Sheldon, we are all out of time. Unfortunately, it has been a blast as both of our heads have been fading in and out of the wind. But uh, life happens like this sometimes, where, um, yeah. where where you know you're having a good time, and then suddenly the time just goes; it's just gone, and uh, that's it's what it's it's how time flies when you're having fun, which is why I enjoy it so much. And um, and and so by you know to quote Wayne and Schuster, I see about a clock on the wall. That it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye, farewell, adieu. La vida is goodbye. Goodbye until we meet again. Now, nobody watching this show, Sheldon, remembers Wayne Schuster. I can almost guarantee that. <laughs> I was wondering where you got that from. Nobody I would, really was wondering. Nobody would have a clue who I'm quoting here. Uh, but I mean, if you Google them or uh, or go to YouTube and just type in Wayne and Schuster, they did some pretty funny stuff back in the seventies uh, and eighties, and sixties yeah. and fifties. Um, I wasn't alive to see most of it, but uh, I remember. I remember when they finished their show. I, I remember the tail end of their uh, of their of their broadcasting career. Plus, my uh, my grandfather was friends with Schuster, so there you go. 
Ah, okay. All right, so that's it. We're done. I want to thank you, Sheldon Eric Fried, for joining me. I want to thank everybody for calling in. I want to thank always you. a pleasure, and boy, I love to thank the people that call in. Yeah, and I want, I want but to thank th- you, the person who wrote on YouTube for you. I want to thank you everybody also. who um, who comments uh, who's been commenting on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, on Periscope, on uh, where else are we broadcasting? Um, YouTube, Twitter, Periscope. Oh, on um, on Twitch. Uh, and wherever else you are watching us because uh, I have no idea and those people listening on truetalkradio.com and on the app don't forget to download the app the True Talk Radio app located in your favorite app store just just uh, go to the app store search for the True Talk Radio app and uh, you could listen to True Talk Radio 24 hours a day 7 days a week it's amazing we've got some great shows on True Talk Radio check out the schedule truetalkradio.com I will be back on Tuesday with Political Hitman Sheldon will be back on Sunday with another episode of this 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 wonderful show. This this wonderful show. Okay. This, this wonderful show. Collectively collective. Yes. Yes, we have to collectively collect. All right. <laughs> Until then, I bid you a good night and a good week. I'll see you on Tuesday.